My name is Dr. Iglesias, and we want to welcome you to Deep in Your Business. My name is Dr. Iglesias. I'll be your host, along with Alvaro Salim Noriega. Yeah, man. I got that one right. The Hoyos. You, you missed the, the Hoyos. And we have Mike Robert Casanova. I got it right this yes, time. Yes, you right. did. You got it, finally. Praise God. So today, we're going to interview and speak to our good friend, Brother Bo. I know you guys are going to get me because I didn't say his name. I know it's not Brother Bo. Can you tell us what your name is? Brother Bo? I plead the fifth. I'm known. I'm known. It's actually Spencer Bowen Grossnick. Wow. He beat us up. You know, he beat us up. You know, I'm Alvaro Salim Noriega de Hoyos. And you were like, what? Spencer Bowen, Bowen, Grossnick, Grossnick, man, you you kind of Latin, bro. Yeah, got a little. <laughs> Your spice. name is like a little Latin, <laughs> really you know? German. Oh yeah, German Jew. Because Latin people have like four or five names, yeah. and it's like crazy. Yeah. You know, that's yep. why yep. you know, yeah. like really German Jew. Yeah. What? Yeah. So who's German? Who's Jew? My father's German, oh, and my wow. mother was Jewish. Get yeah. out. My Take... mother's last name is Margolis. What? Yeah. How did they meet? Uh, at a party. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, was it a Nazi? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, it was at a it was German a party. Or... In Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so they grew up in the, in the same neighborhood. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. A German, a Jew. Look at that. You don't know what party it was. That's no? cool, dude. Yeah. That's cool. And that's weird because Jewish people usually keep it like very tight. But, you know, was your dad like a German Jew or? Not? He was a German Christian. Oh, cool. Oh, Get wow. out of here. Wow. Yeah, he was wow. raised with Christian values in a Christian home. So. Okay. Well, praise then your mom, God. Then your mom must, must my, have loved him My mother lot, was dude. raised Jewish and uh, yeah, yeah. But she she became a believer. Wow. But, and it wasn't my father. She, I, I, I didn't get the exact story. Okay. I mean, it's been, my mom passed when I was 15. Oh, so I see. as much as I could remember, I remember the one thing was, uh, when I was an infant, okay. Uh, I was born with an ear infection and the doctors were telling her that it was, it was getting so bad that they, they were like, there's no hope. Nothing was working. None of the antibiotics. Wow. And mm. they were telling her I was going to lose my hearing. And then uh, she was cleaning the house one day, and uh, TBN was on. Hmm. And they said, "But uh, wait, she was still a Jew? No, she okay. was already. Uh, I guess someone witnessed to her, so ah. she was already somewhat into it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she said she laid me down. They said if anybody needs healing, hmm. praise God, come pray with us." Wow. My mom said that she put down what she was doing. She, I guess she was dusting the house and cleaning. And she picked me up and went over there and prayed. And then I think it was like the, the following week, uh, she brought me to the doctor and they, they were like, it's completely gone. We can't explain wow. what happened. Oh, Glory wow. to God. That's awesome, awesome dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so God so is cool. faithful, yeah. yeah. My mom, my mom. My mom told me Santa wasn't real growing up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, That's a good mom. That's yeah, a good yeah. mom. Yeah. She was but, but yeah, so everything that she told me, I believed. Um, I remember 
I was always getting in trouble in preschool. I was in preschool telling the kids, yeah, Santa Claus ain't real. Your parents get, <laughs> your parents get the presents. I know the truth. They're lying to you. And then they start crying. And then the teachers call my parents to come get me. And then I remember getting a little bit older. And I yeah. remember asking my mom, like, why, why did you always tell me that Santa wasn't real? Hmm. And she said, son, I want you to believe that everything I ever have told you the is truth. the truth wow. to the best of my knowledge. So when my mom wow. said she's seen angels sitting in the front yard, I believe her. Wow. When my mom said she was filled, when my mom would be filled with the Holy Spirit and holy laughter at church, though wow. it, I didn't experience that, I was pursuing it and chasing it wow. and trying to find mm. it. Because uh, you saw it in your mom. I seen you know? it yeah. in my mom. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she was a mayor lady yeah. and, uh, and the... <laughs> The majority of the congregation ended up being people from the post office and people on her route. My mom was an evangelist. Yeah. Praise God. That is wow, powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. That's you said awesome. she passed away at 15? No, when I yeah, when I was 15. When you were 15, when I was 15. Right. When I was 13, she had cancer. Oh, okay. And then they uh they removed the lymphoids and some breast. Okay. And uh it came back like a year later. Got it. It was gone. Mm. She was in remission. Then it came back a year later, and she was just like, I'm not mm. going through that no more. And uh, God's going to heal me. He's going to heal me because mm. he can do anything. And mm. uh, she started eating healthy and doing things like that. Um, right. But uh, she just digressed in health and she was in hospice at the house. At the, at the time of 15, I was already getting high on drugs. I went I went astray when I was 11 years old. Really? Wow. Yeah, mm. yeah it was actually the summer after fifth grade. Wow, so summer of fifth grade, right what after coming were, out of dare. What drugs were you using? I remember it that. It started dare. out with marijuana. It okay. was just, well, because, okay. yeah, because of the dare thing. And they're like, if you do drugs, ah, yes. you're going to be like this. And they show you pictures of homeless people. Mm, and, right. Yeah. right and yeah. You mean in the commercials at the yeah. time? Well, I mean, they had dare, dare officers yeah. would come into our classroom yes. in the fifth oh, grade. Yeah. Yeah. They would have suitcases and they would open them up and show us the different kinds of baggies and drugs uh -huh. and then show us pictures of yeah. of drug addicts that are homeless or yep. in jail and, and how drugs destroy your life. And then they, I remember them mentioning like cigarettes give you cancer. And by that time I had already snuck at a barbecue and picked up a cigarette and just, mm. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just puffed on it. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the fifth grade. And when they said that all of a sudden I was like, I got cancer. <laughs> like my mind, my mind would go to the worst thing mm. and make it a reality. Oh, wow. And then I, and then I would live in fear of it. Right. So, but then I'd have to brush it off because I, I can't be consumed by it. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. But some people are. Some people are consumed by fear all the time. There's people that are scared to come out of their houses because they think a plane can fall and crash on yep. them. Yeah. You know, There's so a lot of people suffering. So, yeah. how, how, so take us that first joint that you smoked. It was with friends. They handed it to you. Like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. So, so that summer, my brother got caught with drugs because my plan was not to do drugs. I'm like, okay. I don't want to be like this. Right. And I played football and, and I and I got good grades in in uh that summer my brother got caught <gasps> getting high and my parents were yelling at him and this mm. and that. And I was sitting there because he used to always beat me up. We're five years apart. Mm -hmm. And I would always he'd get <laughs> mad that I would tag along and he'd beat me up and rough me up. And uh and I remember looking at him and laughing at him like, ha ha ha, you're gonna be homeless and toothless. <laughs> <laughs> and then the very next morning I seen him and he wasn't homeless and he wasn't toothless. Mm. And in my little, mm. in my little 11 year old brain, I'm right, like, right. he's not homeless. And they didn't, they lied to me. Mm. Dare wow. lied to me. The police lied to me. What are they trying to hide wow. from me? That's the devil, right? He's in yes. there. He's like, yes. Mm. 
what are they trying to hide? They're trying to hide something good from you, right? But uh, mm. so yeah, I I I was already all in, ready to see what it was, what they were trying to hide from me. And the first joint, uh, the first joint I smoked, I I remember it was very uh, hallucinogenic because I I just seen patterns. Everything was more funny. I was giggling and laughing a lot, and and I remember my mind started thinking different. Like as I, cause I went through it, right. Um, as I went through the program and did my steps and started evaluating my life and my decisions and behaviors and, and where things happen and why things, why I made those decisions and how they affected me and what led to this and that. And, uh, you said you went to a program at that age. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm saying okay. recent, recent within the past, uh, 10 years ago. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I remember so they, but they back make, then they make I'm you, just they like, make you go back, you know, yeah, yeah. You, to, you to see the root of the problem. Yeah. You do oh, a, uh, okay. you're supposed to do a, an inventory. Got it. Okay. Right? Got uh, it. A rigorous inventory. So honest and, and rigorous. Okay. So we go back and we get deep and honest because usually a drug addict and alcoholic, are one of the defense mechanisms is we're always blaming everybody else. Mm. And that's why I can't see that the problems within it's, Got it. Oh, it's my neighborhood. Oh, it's my friends. Oh, it's my job. Oh, if I, if this was different or if this and, and every it's everybody else and everything else is, uh, right. is the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what keeps us sick when we're, <laughs> when we're stuck in that sickness without being able to come to a realization that yep. the problem is me yeah and then once i see the problem is me i try to change it and then i can't and then mm. i realize mm. there's only one solution and that's for god to change me that's you know? it let me let so me, was your let brother me it was your brother that that yeah my brother you, was getting uh, no i'm saying he's the one that handed you the first joint you didn't tell us yeah, I, I, why um, my brother always would beat me up and stuff. Like right. I said, we didn't have that close of a relationship, but all yeah. his friends loved me. And they it. used to always yell at him like, why are you always messing with your little brother like that? Uh, Leave Bo alone. But he was the one that handed you your first No, drink? no, it oh. was my brother's friends. Oh. It was my brother's friends. But my but the weed came okay. from my brother. He was a he was a drug dealer. So, oh, look yeah. at that. Mm. Wow. We're starting yeah. to piece the story together. Alvaro, you had then, a question. Then, but then when, then when he found out I did, then we started having a common ground. And then our little relationship was kind of ah, built on that. <laughs> okay. And yeah. then when you went when you went back, you know, you were saying that about 10 years ago, you had to go back and make an inventory. When you did the inventory, was what's what you found? Like what what did you what did you find that was the root of the problem? The root of the problem? was shame and guilt. Hmm. And I didn't discover it. So the fourth and fifth step really is a, uh, and the funny thing is, is I was in this program and I didn't do it through the AA program. Like I did a fourth and fifth step the way they'd say it, but I still held a couple things back. And what I thank God that, uh, I was in my church and they did this, they did this little healing program called, uh, cross current. So, it basically was like a four step, but this was weeks and weeks of them breaking it down. And I remember the night came for confession and I was sitting there and I'm like, confession, I already confessed everything. And then when you talk about <laughs> sins, it's like, what's to confess about sins to other people? I used to brag about my sins to my friend. We'd sit yeah. there and laugh and we would mm. boast in our sins. Yep. And it's like, and I'm just sitting there like, and I did a four step and I really, I really don't have nothing to to confess, I don't know what to do here tonight. And then the lady went up and did this depiction where she put this cloak on and it, and this cloak represented shame. Mm. And she was explaining how God's love is just pouring down and this, this shame is repelling it. Mm. 
and it's and it's preventing me from experiencing God's great love and uh because he he bore my shame but if I'm holding on to it then it's then it's really not it's it's Point keeping is what me. he did yeah that's what he did so so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit started working in me and then he starts pointing out things that happened to me when I was young mm. and things that I did that were very shameful. Usually I always tell the guys a lot of times that that uh, when it comes to the sexual inventory, and not the stealing and the lying, I mean, but the sexual inventory usually is where it carries a lot of the shame. Interesting. Because you think about it, Adam and Eve ate an apple and they're running around hiding their genitals. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. That, they're covering here when they did something else. So yeah. there's a lot of shame in that. Uh, and I, and I'm sitting there and I'm in a, and God's bringing to mind these things that happened to me, these things I did. And I'm like, no, I don't live like that. God, those things happen. In, and I'm sitting there having a conversation with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God, that, yeah. that happened a long time ago. And, still, and I did that a long time ago. Yeah. You're still I'm negotiating like, it. <laughs> you, me and you know about that. We good. <laughs> right. Right. I confessed it. You see all things. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and all of a sudden he, he kept probing me and the Holy Spirit said, you don't want to say nothing to nobody else mm. because you're ashamed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you're holding on to that shame. Mm. And then he says, Bo, you say you believe my word. And I'm like, I do, Lord. Mm. And this is all going on in my head. And he's like, yeah. well, I say whoever is in me is a new creation. Mm. And all things have passed away and all things become new. Amen. And he's like, mm. and then all of a sudden I'm like, man, I need to walk in my identity in Christ. Yes. And that was what gave me the courage to go up there and be like, you know what? This isn't who I am. This I don't have to hold on to this shame. These are things that are happening, things I did in my sinful nature and in my yeah. loss and in my brokenness and in who I used to be. Yeah. But now today I have a new identity in Christ. So I was able to go up there boldly and confess. How and old I'm, were you? I was 30 years old. Okay. How old are you now? 40. So 10 years ago. 10 years ago. That's when you finally repented and just started. I repented. I, I went up there and I, well, it's just been a long journey, just yeah. one day at a time. Really. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But, but it, was, I, it, was I very still, it was very interesting yeah. what you said because of this. When you said that you had to go back and make an inventory, Yeah. you said it from the 12 steps perspective. Yeah. And then you had this spiritual perspective through freedom or what, what is called in the church deliverance yeah and uh people don't really understand the difference of it mm -hmm. because you know things of the spirit are discerned by the spirit but if you don't have the spirit then you know you just understand oh you know he did the the 12 the 12 uh step program and then Checked he did everything off, and then he did something it was a checklist. else but it was yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah. so yes. so you know it's really cool to touch on that because of this for example yeah. I went, uh, I went through a document one time that I downloaded from the internet and I was going through it and I was having that experience. Like I was going back to the past and I was remembering things when I was like seven years old. I looked at a, at a, um, at a teacher of mine that had like big breasts and I went like, oh, you know, I like that. And, this and, and, and God is taking me through all of these thoughts. Mm. And in the document was like... Mm making an inventory, and then at the end it was like, oh, you know, pray like this, and then repent, and this and that, and whatever. I do the whole document, and I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then, you know, I see search like a couple of days after, and I'm like, 
man, I had I read this document and he was like taking me back and he was like making me pray and it was like it was pretty cool. And he's like, Oh, you went through deliverance. Yeah. And I was like, What is that? Mm. I went through and I didn't even know what it was. Mm. So it's really interesting what you were saying from the 12-step perspective, which is what most people know about. Yes. Yeah. And then the deliverance that you experience. And what is what is your comparison of both of them? So people can understand, you know, what the difference is. Well, I believe the 12 step is is a part of of acting in faith because starting to pray and ask God for help. It it I believe that's like the mustard seed where we start to be like, you know what? Okay, I'm now willing to look, take a look. I I because <coughs> the first step they call it powerlessness, where I I finally admit that I'm powerless, that I have a that I'm a defeated, <laughs> I've been defeated and and I can't win. And that uh, then there's a hope and the solution is God. And through that process, it's it becomes more like you said, like a checklist. It's almost like a it's almost like religious. It's like religion. I'm doing these things to to make myself better, to attain this. And the deliverance part, which is what I didn't even do because of those steps, because they, they was the, was a was a result of relationship ah, because it was yes. God Himself speaking to me. I like that. But look how interesting was what you said. You said, "Hey, I did the fifth step, but I held back." Yes. And then God goes, "No, bro, yes. bring that, bring that up. forward." Because yeah. he's, then, a, he's gonna hold us accountable. <laughs> uh -huh. And then when you yeah, did, yeah, it was yeah. like, "Oh, yeah. that the freedom was not to hold back." Yeah. So if you were checking the boxes yeah. and you were holding back, you're putting some kind of facade in front of people. Yeah. God goes, I don't want any masks. Exposure. I want you. Yes. And go out there and be free. Because mm. if you're free, you don't hold back. Yeah. I I, I take it like that. Well, Do you? I, yeah. Also, I believe the thing is for me, it's... I believe if the 12 steps had set me free, that's what I would be preaching today. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's part of, yeah. that's part be, of my yeah. question. I would be preaching the map. It's like yeah. 12 steps is kind of like a map that's supposed to like prompt you and lead you to a relationship with God because he's the yeah. one that delivers us and keeps us free. And, yeah. and, I, and I heard it said before in a meeting and a guy that was sober for like years, but he worshiped the map. Because mm. doing the map yeah. in religious, you can do, like Paul said, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Right. He said, when it came to the law, flawless. See, we can religiously on a surface look good right, and, and present ourselves good in these works. But when Paul allowed the spirit to search his heart, he said, I am the chief sinner. Yeah. Because God exposes those inner, inner sins, the, the deep within, that deep, yes. that calls on the deep. That's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what you yeah. were hiding? You yeah, know, we, that, yeah, that, you that, ain't hiding nothing hiding. from me. Yeah. There is no hiding from mm. him. Right? I, I've you just, know, I've I just, never used drugs, so by just by listening to you, it's like the twelve steps is like the law, because without the law, we won't know sin. Yeah, and then it was grace. Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was God's grace that set you free, but you yeah. needed the law. Yeah, and so. and there's something with the twelve steps that I've heard people say, which is which goes exactly is a perfect segue with what you were saying. Yeah. I've heard people saying, done the 12 steps, everything's done. And they go like, man, when you're an addict, you're always an addict. So you always have to keep those 12 steps yeah. like rolling and this and that. And and I have a hard time with that because it's I like, man, like if you're free, yeah. you're free, bro. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what you experience when God really 
sets you free. Yeah. If yeah. not, you're you're working towards and you feel that you never end up the work yeah. because yeah. you never set yourself free. Yeah. But if he sets you free, you can talk about it. Yeah. And you don't feel that's you anymore. But if you talk with somebody that have done the 12 steps, they're always like, man, it's day by day, but I, I hope I don't fall. And I'm and an it, alcoholic or yeah, I'm a drug yeah. addict or, yeah, yeah I have yeah. a hard time with that. Yeah. It boils my blood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I listen, when I, when I was in 2005, I was looking at five years in prison and I remember standing up in front of the judge and being like, listen, I'm addicted to crack cocaine and I can't stop. <laughs> and I've been smoking with my dad and, and, wow. and, and you said, I, I don't know. I can't get help. And, and cause the public defender was telling me that he's like, I can't get you into any kind of treatment or anything or any kind of help. Cause you have no drug charges. Hmm. And I'm like, I have no drug charges. So what were the charges? All burglaries, grand thefts, okay, dealing and stuff. Yeah, because I'm like, I, he's like, you have all burglaries, grand thefts, dealing and stuff. I go, that's because I was out of drugs. That's why I didn't get caught with drugs. Uh, I wasn't robbing and stealing when I had a pocket full of drugs. I was a drug. <laughs> I was in a. I was in a hole somewhere using them. So until you went they were from, gone from weed wow. to what's the worst drug? You uh, all right, started smoking weed at 11. By the time I was 13, yeah. I was popping pills and snorting mm. coke and. Try, I tried acid. I was doing acid, and I started because my brother was a drug dealer. I started selling drugs. And, okay, and by the time I was uh, sixteen, I was I was snorting heroin and smoking oh, crack. Wow, heroin! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time I was nineteen, after I got out of a boot camp, I was shooting heroin and smoking crack. You shot heroin. Yeah, and in mm. the end, I was shooting crack. What? Yeah. I didn't know you could shoot crack. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. It's not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend. <laughs> oh my! What? So you get the crack, you melt it, and you shoot it? Nah, you can't. You you have to use the acid, like lemon or you vinegar. Don't, you don't, don't want to teach people. No, that, I know, you know. But we're not gonna. But, right, but how, did, how did you come to that conclusion? I'm, I'm gonna shoot crack today. <laughs> like, how did you? It was I, just told to me that you could do it, you, and you I was already it. shooting coke and wow. shooting heroin, and I was like, wow, "Well, let's dang. try this." Let me ask you something: How did your mommy? How did your mom passing away affect you? You know, like how did that affect you in order to get to that point? So doing my so here's the thing about the steps, right? The principles of the steps are biblical. Oh, so I had no honest, idea. Me either. Honesty, hope, yeah. faith. Right? Wow. Humility, right? Brotherly love, all, mm. all the principles behind the steps. And that's why they say we practice these principles in all our affairs. It be, But see, it's, it's, it goes from, it's without Jesus, it's just a works program. Yeah. Yes. But yes, when you yeah. find Jesus, he renews our minds. We become a new creation. Ah. And then that is our new life. That's, that's following the spirit because the spirit lives according to those principles. That the, the spirit leads me in the truth because I've always been, my flesh is dishonest. Right. My flesh is selfish and manipulative. Yeah. And, and the spirit is the opposite. The, the spirit of God would lead me in the opposite direction. Um, but by doing those steps, I did I did find out and see that uh, drugs and alcohol when I was a kid, I was really just doing it to have fun. I was just a kid. I, I tried something. You were experimenting. I was experimenting. Yeah. My mm -hmm. flesh loved it. It made me feel good, and I want more. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I was using it for any kind of reason. But when my mom, so doing my, my steps and examining my life, 
once my mom passed away, that was when I realized that drugs were no longer being used as recreation and for fun with my friends. I see. It was now my, I was self-medicating for grief. Hmm. It was my solution to escape in reality because I didn't want to deal with the pain that my mother had passed. And that's how I numb myself. And that's when it just progressed even more. But it it always progresses, like. How long did it take you to get to that conclusion, bro? Because that's really deep yeah. what you just said there. Yeah. When when I it was well when I was sitting down and doing my my uh, inventory okay. and examining why I do what because I was so sit there. It's, it's been what like fifteen ten years? years. It's been oh, ten okay. years. Okay. Yeah, it's been ten yeah. years. I've been sober ten years. November sixth, November sixth, two thousand and thirteen. Uh, BSO put some chrome bracelets on me <laughs> no no but thank but, god but what I, I mean i call them grace bracelets what yeah. i mean bracelets is this. of grace yeah what i mean is this at the time that you do the inventory how yeah. long you've been using drugs for oh from 11 to 30 so it's almost 20 years with a with a one-year break when i was in uh when i was 18 i did a 13-month boot camp Okay. And in that boot camp, they didn't have, I mean, at the end of it, I had like one month left and one of the guys snuck in some coke, one of the like workers there oh, yeah, wow. brought in some cocaine and I did it and it made me feel uneasy and paranoid. Oh, yeah. Man. And then my dad picked me up and then on the way home, I'm like, cause I, I had all these aspirations and these goals and these great intentions. Like I went in there and I, I started lifting weights and eating that. And I'm like, I want to play football. I want to, I want to get back into school. I want to mm. do these things. So I got my, while I was in there, I got my GED and I was uh, lifting weights and I had all these different goals that I wanted to do. And the moment that my dad picked me up, we're on our way home. I'm like, you got a Percocet. Wow. And he's like, yeah, right here. Uh, and then I get home and all my friends are like, Bo, where you been? Look how big you got. Yo, here, hit this. Yep. No. Here, we got way, something for bro. you. And they're just giving the stuff to me. Uh, so mm. what blew my socks off, they're still on, but figure yeah. of speech. <laughs> you use drugs with your father yeah. and your brother? Yeah. That's like crazy. Yeah. Wow. When my mom, so I didn't even know my dad was a heroin addict before I was born. And my mm. mom uh, gave him the ultimatum. She said, it's either us. She had uh, my brother. My brother's five years older than me. She's like, it's either us, your family, or the drugs. Wow. And he let, he he quit heroin and started going to church. And he stayed wow. sober from from my whole life, from uh, before I was born to 15, just going to church and being a family man and working every day and and doing what doing what he, what is right. So you when know, your and mom being died, in the word and yeah. So when your mom died, when my it mom died, dad. my mom, like I said, remember how she I was, she was like, I'm not doing anything. She had yeah. the doctors gave her scripts of oxycontin, and she never even took one of them. Oh, wow. She went through it oh. like like when Jesus was like on the cross, G, and they gave him the wine Oof. with the gall, and he wow. said no. She didn't take any painkillers, <laughs> and she just went through it. And it, but it was it was actually quick and and short. Like she didn't suffer that long. She was at the house in hospice for like a week. Like her, in the end, when it declined, it declined like real quick. There was nothing Mm. in there slowing it down. I guess, I guess if she would have done other things, maybe it would have slowed it down. I don't know. I really don't know. All I know is my dad started taking her pills and that's how he dealt Mm. with it. Oh, wow. So what's up with your dad today? Like where, where is he at now? So I got sober 10 years ago. Uh, after being there for like a year, all of a sudden friends started reaching out and they're like, yo, I see you doing better, man. And 
And this time, and I'm like, because I stopped every time I would get sober in jail or in a program or whatever it was for that quick stint, I would go back to my old neighborhood and my yeah. old friends and I'd be mm-hmm. like, yo, y'all got to change. And I'd start trying to preach to them. Yeah. And then you, you can only preach for so long before I'm like, all right, let me hit that. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't built into nobody. I had no real accountability yeah. in Christ. Right. And, and I kept hanging around them and it just brought me down mm. because my flesh is weak. Well, the, uh, the seed, the seed was falling yeah. into a rocky place yeah. and it, it spread, yeah. it spread it out, but yeah. then you didn't yeah. have any root, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to change the temperature a little bit from the drugs to Music? Were you rapping? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was gonna say the same so, thing. I was like, "Were so, you rapping?" Like, yeah. So I started smoking weed at eleven, right? Okay. So, uh, so when I was eleven, I my homeboy Everton came over and he's like, "Hey, we can't." He came over to smoke a joint. He's like, "Yo, uh, hey, you freestyle?" And I'm like, "What's that?" He's like, "You never <laughs> heard a rap?" I go, "Yeah, I heard a rap." Because I had been in my. I'm 15. This is like, what? I'm at 83. This is 19. Uh, 98 no i wasn't 15 i was 11 at the time so that's ni- uh 94 and he cut and i remember sneaking in my uh uncle's room and uh put on a uh his headset and it was nwa oh, okay mm. and that was the first time i heard it and i was just sitting there listening okay. to it and okay. i was like and i was always like i played football and i had an older brother who beat me up and and i grew up in miramar Uh, and I used to always get, we used to get in fights in the neighborhood and stuff. So I was like, yo, this music's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. helps me I want to be fight. tough. And one day, Cause my, my whole motto was one day I'm gonna get big and I'm gonna whoop my brother. <laughs> Because he whooped me so many times. It was, yeah. I never won. Did it ever and happen? then when I finally got big enough to whoop him, uh, yeah. God had already changed me. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't live like that. At least no an arm more, wrestle or something. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you gotta like get a better somehow. <laughs> Well, I, I just So NWA, you started listening. NWA started listening to that. And then he's like, yo, do you freestyle? And I was yeah. like, nah. And then we he's like, Yeah, you just it's rap. It, you just rap. And then he put on a little beat and we just started rapping. And and I was pretty good at it. So we would just freestyle all the time. And then get I then I then I slow I faded away from football because of the drugs. And I wasn't in as practiced that I started skipping practices. Well, what position you played? I played linebacker in Ooh. in nose. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, when was the first time you recorded a song? First time I recorded a song? Yes. I was in Okay, so what year was that? That was when I got out oh, 09 when I got out of prison. Okay, 2009. No, 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 I'm sorry, forgive me. Yeah. That was in 2002 when I got out of the boot camp I got with these uh I got out right when I got out. Yeah. My brother's homeboy And they, they were doing these things. There was a group in Hollywood called the Hollywood Affiliates. Okay. And uh, Dirty White Trash was my brother's homeboy. <laughs> That was his rap name, Dirty White Trash. And, uh, That's an awesome name, dude. <laughs> you would never forget that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So you recorded on a cassette, And we were right? always cool. No, a- we actually went to this studio that yeah. was in Davie. Uh-huh. In the warehouses right off of Orange Drive. Okay. And they're like, yo, we got this song and the dude didn't show up. And he's like, yo, I got my brother's little home, my brother, my homeboy's little brother. He can come in and drop something. Okay. So I was already in the boot camp for 13 months and I was just writing songs. I was mm-hmm. writing, writing music. And uh, and so I just laid down a verse and and then they let me on another song and then they printed out the CDs. So that was the first time I ever recorded. And uh, then when you mm-hmm. were at the boot camp and you were writing the songs. Yeah. How did that make you feel? 
uh, it really can, it, I escaped like, it, cause when you would have free time instead of being bored, cause they didn't have TVs in there. It was like, it was kind of like, a, uh, it was, there was Christians that kind of ran it. It wasn't a faith-based Christian place, but the people that were in charge there were Christians and were okay. believers. And this was out in Glades County. It was, uh, Florida Environmental Institute, a level 10. And it, we worked on a farm. We had hogs out there and, and cows and and we had to uh we had to run out we had vineyards hmm. i mean the first day i got there they had me out in the vineyard <laughs> pulling weeds in the middle of the sun and i'm like hung over on xanax oh. <laughs> because they told me i didn't have to come in and i could go there the day i like i thought it was like yeah i know i'm gonna go out with a banger and then i'm just regretting it the whole day <laughs> in the hot sun like this is horrible i have no i'm on no sleep and they got me out here in the vineyard. <laughs> in the vineyard. And then, and then when you finish the day, you're tired. You, you, day you go to the room and then late. you start writing. Not, not and right stuff. away. No, nah, not right away. I adjusted to the place and uh, and then started to get to know the people around there. And then I started, and that was how I used to always just beat on okay. the table and we'd start rapping. And they're like, oh, this white boy got some. <laughs> got a little flow in them. <laughs> little saltine crack over here. Got flavor on them. I was, I was actually listening to one of your albums yesterday. I was driving in the car. And, I, well, I listen to all kinds of music, but I've never been into like, oh, rap and whatever. Yeah. I just listen to whatever, everything. And then I'm like, man, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to Bo's uh, music. And in your music, you're very straightforward. You, you talk a lot about your life. And I love that. I love it because I'm a, I'm a black and white kind of guy. And I feel your music is kind of like that. Mm. How do you define your music from your perspective mm. and when you write? I, uh, and see that I write about the things that I've gone through and the things that I see and the things that I believe. And cause I remember one time they're like, yeah, what you rap about? And I was like, life. And, and now that I rap about Jesus, like that could, that statement can't be any more true, That's it. you know, cause Amen. he is the life. Amen. Um, I know that for a while I wrote a lot of songs worldly and, I uh, I got out of prison and I went up to Georgia and got signed and they, they had all these things but it, the industry's dirty like these I could see I wasn't living right and then and they were starting to get shady and I, and things were shady and my life was shady and I wasn't anyways there was these songs that I wrote that I was holding on to and for a while God was telling me to let that go hmm. And and part of me didn't want to let it go because I'm like I put so much time yes, into yes. making these songs. Mm -hmm. They're like and your baby. Yeah. They're like your baby. Yeah, it's you part know. of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he and then got and then finally like I kept holding on to him and I kept listening to to the same uh, artist that I always liked, even though I was already I was already told who were you your know, influences. Uh, I listened to Trick Daddy and uh, okay. Eminem, Tupac, you know, Ludacris. So you were really deep. Three Six Mafia. It, it's it's cool because, for yeah. example, you've always said that when you when you write songs and stuff, you were never like into rap at all. At all, I hate rap. <laughs> I hated rap then. I hate rap now. Yeah. So so you hate it and then you produce it. That's so, so funny. So that's the question I want to ask you. Nineteen ninety nine. I never did rap music, never did music in my life, but I was already preaching in the jails on 27th Avenue, 27th Street, Miami. 
And I would give my testimony and I knew very little of the word. I just got saved 97, 99. I was already in the jails preaching. And I was like, God, what else can I do? And he says, start doing music. And I started laughing. I was like, you're talking to him. He ain't talking to me. Yeah. Never wrapped a day in my life. And then mm. it was like, I started listening to beats, man. And I wrote this song called My Life. So what I did was I grabbed my testimony and I put it on a beat. Mm. So my question to you is, what is the first song that you wrote, obviously, that was Christian? That was Christian? Yeah. It was... Uh... In 2008, when I was in prison. Okay. It's called, uh, it's on my first album called, it's the last song on my first album called He's Risen. Okay. How does the hook go? I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it kind of goes like, yeah. he's risen, he's living again, he died for all of our sins, so you better hold fast to the end. Okay. Repent and trust in him, because when he comes back at the end, He's judging the world of its sin. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Look at that wild boy. Look at that wild boy. So you're talking about a guy that's never written a song, and I produced my first song. It is so funny. It was so offbeat, so offbeat, <laughs> that the producer, not the producer, the, the one that edited it, his yes. name is Seth Brimstone. He had a cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste. Yeah, I had to listen to it, and then I had to rap to it. And if you still listen to it now, it's a little still off, <laughs> you know? But it was the hook. I never knew why you kept me alive, but now I see this is more than a dream. I was predestined to serve the king. Bro, them kids went crazy mm. in there. And I'm like, I hate rap music, God, and you have me doing yeah. rap music. So now, you know, fast forwarding 50 mm. songs later, mm. you know, and it's like, and I want you to elaborate a little bit on this. Isn't rap a language? It really is. Rap, it's it's a message, is what it is. I you know. Yes. I remember. So, God, I, all I listened to was rap. Okay. I didn't like any other music. Hmm. I remember sitting in church, and I'm like, Why do they even listen to this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then the rock was just too. I didn't understand it. But rap, I love to listen to the to the to the messages to what whatever they were i love to hear the wordplay yeah. and 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 storytelling too like i did like slick rick but i was i was also just a wannabe thug i grew up with some guys we were just wannabe thugs and that's why i like the trick daddy and the more gangster and thug it got then i would just try to grab that stuff and and try to yeah, mimic sure. it yeah. really and 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 it's crazy because when god showed me that and my eyes were unveiled to that right and he changed my heart and I finally said, and then, he, so I seen it for what it was. I started to hate rap mm. and I started to love worship. Mm. Oh, wow. That's, that's what I was trying to explain. Mm. Yeah. That in the world, of course I listen to rap. Yeah. But after giving my life to Christ, man, it's just, it contaminates your soul, man. Yeah. Yeah. Even like, like, so I got sober in uh, 2013 and. I heard somebody put on some Christian rap and I was just like, yeah, yeah. Sounds we, the same to me. They yeah. just said Jesus, but I didn't yep. hear no, I heard the same message. Yes. They just put Jesus name in it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I listened yeah. to the words mm. like, right. Like I, some people listen to the beat, right. I need the beat to flow to, but I'm more, I'm more interested in what the words are saying. Like, that's what I'm paying attention well, to. For me, it was totally opposite because you know, I, I was a dancer 
for like 20 years uh -huh. and I did dance classes, whatever. So whenever I listened to a beat, it was like, oh, that beat is awesome. And, you know, start dancing <laughs> yeah, and right, stuff. Yeah. And then I'm playing it in classes and stuff. And then he's talking about like, oh, we're going to drink all day. We're going to get drunk and we're going to do this. And I'm like, three years later, bro, is when I hear wow. the, the lyrics and I'm like, oh, that song is disgusting, dude. <laughs> like. But the beat is so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then when God changed me, I I was teaching classes and I and I'm like, bro, I have mm. to change that song. Mm. So I start, you know, taking songs out and I start having this issue with my job. And I was making a hundred bucks an hour, 150 bucks an hour. And I had so many issues that I even told God, like, God, do you want me to just like quit and 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 go to work at the mall. Remember that I told yeah. you, like, mm. man, do I quit? Because I had so many issues. And I remember in the middle of the class, I'm dancing and I'm and I'm trying not to do sexual moves. And I'm like, so I felt so <laughs> cohibited. I felt yeah. so like locked up. And I'm yeah. like, oh, so I'm trying to do moves, but I I'm like, oh, I don't want to offend you, God. And, yeah, yeah. and at one point, I remember I was in the middle of a class and um I was a professional dancer, so I could do whatever. Right. But in those classes, uh, I was doing like Zumba classes when, when nobody knew it was Zumba. And in those classes, I couldn't do the stuff that I could really do. It, I had to do easy stuff so people could follow. But people like sexual stuff. And I'm trying to avoid all of that. And I remember in the middle of the class, God was like, hey, you know what? Like, just dance. Mm -hmm. Like, just dance. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry about it because I know your heart is is mine. Like your heart is mine. Mm. And that gave me freedom to dance. And it's really hard being a, a dancer, having these conversations because everything that is dance is is uh, in the church, in, in what we call the church, the established church in, in, in the U.S. Everything that has to do with dancing is like, oh, it's demonic. Oh, you move like this. Oh, you moved your hip. So, you know, it's sinful. Uh, bro, if if God invented dance, mm -hmm. like, like, do you think that he's not going to let you move your pelvis once? Yeah. Because, oh, my God, like, bro, right. it's so stupid. It's the motive of the heart. Exactly. It. And it's it. the same with music. So let me yeah. ask you guys a question, you know, music wise. And to you, Mike, as well, because the last time Mike said that he grew up with rap. Yeah. And then you said, that's all I heard. Yeah. So in that music realm, you were saying, man, it made me feel certain way. Why were you driven to rap music and how did it make you feel? Well, I think for me specifically, it's just kind of being rebellious because, you know, culturally in my family, rap wasn't a thing. It was like, you know, so it was kind of like the rebellious, well, I'm going to listen to it because... But the you know the particular neighbor I grew up in was majority black, right? So culture that I wanted to fit in, but then it was kind of that rebellious, like yo, they're saying some really like hard stuff, like you know, obviously it's that rebellion going against my parents or going against the the will for my family. I'm like, right. I'm gonna go listen to this because mm. the beats are dope, everything feels it flows really good, and I was kind of like that's kind of like how I gravitated to it, and then yeah, culturally just kind of came a, a part of me. Because yeah. where I come from, uh, it was all rock. You know, mm. I come from, um, well, like I played in a band, like heavy metal and like very demonic stuff, like yeah. really, really yeah. demonic stuff. Yeah. Um, so I played uh, in a band with my brother and the city where I'm from is very rock driven. And 
when rap started to hit Colombia, uh, we didn't understand because we didn't speak English. Mm. So for you guys, it's your native language. For us, it's right. weird. You know what I mean? So uh, we didn't speak English and we're trying to make up the sounds. You know, we're trying to follow the, what, what they're saying, but we have to make our own words because we don't know what they're talking about. Mm. Mm. And then the beats, what, what called your attention was when the beat was cool, our culture is all about dancing. Yeah, right. So we don't have pickup lines. Right. We don't have like, hey, do you want to drink? Uh, we don't have that, bro. Yeah. When you go to a party, you go, hey, you want to dance? And if they say yes, you have three minutes to talk. Right. Because that's what a, mm. what a song is. You know, you have three minutes to talk. Yeah. So you got to dance and talk at the same time. And that's your game. So when a beat is good and it makes you dance, that's when you go, oh, cool. And I remember MC Hammer was the first thing that for us was like, Oh, it's, it's a cool beat, and we can we can dance to it, and and you know it started from there. But mm -hmm. you know, in order to get to the point where you guys were saying Eminem and all this stuff, for me it was like ten, you know, ten years after mm. you know MC Hammer and all that stuff. When I get here to the US, start listening to this music, and the rebellious thing, explain it. You know, how do you change from rebellious? To godly like rap or hip hop, like what's the mm. difference? How 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 does it change? So when so when I first got to the place where I got sober ten years ago, we were all, right when I got they picked me up from the jailhouse. They brought me there that night. We're sitting in the back, all all the guys, and and we do what I always do. Uh, hey, I rap. We start freestyling and rapping, and guard, and I'm being convicted as it's coming out of my mouth. But you're saying cross uh, curse yeah, words. Yeah, because cuss stuff? words are coming out of my oh, mouth. Wow. And, okay. and just and so I'm being convicted of wow. it. And then I hear God telling me to just shut up and be still. Because <laughs> wow. from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. <clears throat> That's it. Yeah. And and then I had to start examining why I even wanted to rap in the first place. I always wanted yeah. to rap for the glory and all mm. the things that they portrayed rappers get. And uh and it was that it was like an idol worship almost, you know? And I had to lay that on the altar. I literally was like, I threw out all my old, all my writings, the songs that I wrote, I threw it all out. And I was like, I don't even want to rap no more. I'm wow. done. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't even like rap anymore because of what it promotes and, and what it has uh, influenced, what it has influenced in, in my life. Yeah. And, and what I see it doing to others, the mindset where it gets them. And I was like, I don't want that mindset no more. So I had to shut it out and I just listened to worship. And then six, actually about four years later, I heard a song by Brian T. Somebody put a song on by Brian T. And I heard the message mm. of Christ in that song. And I was like, that's Christian rap. <laughs> yes. But I I mean, there's plenty of Christian rap out there. I didn't hear it. The one that I heard the first right. time, I was like, ah, what? I'm I'm gonna be grinding and I'm gonna make it to the top and <laughs> yeah. I got Jesus. I'm gonna pop bottles, you know, with Jesus. Yeah. Jesus gonna make me like Jesus gonna give me everything that I want. <laughs> so you know? that, that's what, I'm the king. That's what attracted me to your music. So I was going to the gym with um Chris uh what is it Chris, and he was bumping your music and I just never take the time to listen to rap, man. Yeah. And I was hearing your music and I'm like, yo, leave that, <laughs> you know. Let me listen to the next one. And I'm like, bro, this guy is like theologically on point, man. And that is just so difficult to find someone that is 
really clear with the message. You know, yeah. they play with words, and I'm not saying there's something wrong with that, but I mean, the purpose for me is I'm a preacher, man. I'm I'm not a rapper. I'm yeah. a preacher, and everything I do is to bring that message of the cross as clear as I can mm. in that what three four minute song. Yeah. When I heard yours, man, I'm like, this guy's a preacher. You know, and it's funny because we've ministered together, yeah. but I've never listened to your music because, mm. mm. you know, we're there, we're ministering and yeah, I'll throw my hands up when you, you know, but it's just like, this guy's like on point when it comes to well, the message of the cross. You guys, you guys said something cool, which was this worship music and then rap. And because I have a background on listening to every kind of music and producing movement to it. I, I listen to African music and Latin and hip hop and this and you name it, I've done it. And 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 a lot of times I've done like lyrics and stuff. But worship music here in the US, it's like it's like the same thing all the time. And I don't feel like listening to that kind of music all the time. When I want to work out, I don't want a soft song and I want I want to like like a tough song. You can't song. live let it rain. Let it rain. <laughs> oh, let it fall on your chest like no. Yeah. So, you know, I want something yeah. that motivates me and stop. Yeah. So, there's there's many different rhythms that produce right. a different feeling in you. Right. Yeah. But if they have the message of Christ, then it's something that edifies you and 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 that is good for you. Not all of it is worship music, as what we define yeah. as worship music. But in Christianity, I just feel that there's there's a lack of variety for you to have different feelings with the message of Christ. It's hard to find rock. It's fine to hard like like rock that is cool that is Christian. It's hard. Right. Uh, it's hard to find rap or hip hop. Yeah. And what was really cool about your music, bro, was when that... When you say hard, is someone theologically on no, point? No, 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 no. It's hard to find variety. Okay. Because it all sounds the same. It all ah, sounds the I same. I see what you're saying. It so, all sounds the same. And there is, there's no variety in rhythm. I see what you're saying. Okay. Like, like the rhythms are three or four, and that's it. Like, you know, hey, if yeah, somebody wants to dance salsa, they have to do a worldly salsa because there's no Christian salsa. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. If somebody wants mm. to do a... Man, I want to listen to hard rock. There's no Christian hard rock. Where is it? Yeah. So it, it, there's this I lack. I hope you find it. No, yeah. no. I listen to it all the time. It's awesome. No, I, I started finding. I started <laughs> but he's finding, saying same rhythm. I, I see what he's I saying. I started finding things out yeah. and, I, and, I, and I treasure it because, you know, I have, sure. to, I have to do. And yeah. this is for workout. This is when I'm driving. Yeah. This is when yeah. this. This is when that. And then I have to set that up. But it's so hard because yeah. there's not a lot of artists that actually do that. Yeah. But. With your music, what was really cool was, like what I was saying, you're super straightforward. Yes. You don't beat around the bush and you just say what it is. It sounds cool. Yeah. The 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 lyrics and the and the composition is really cool and and you have good beats, bro. So yeah. uh, when I was listening to your to your, I was listening to your music, I was like, man, this is so cool because. I am that kind of guy. I don't beat around the bush. I like, like, give it to me straight. Yeah. And, and not, it's not a taste for everybody. Right. But, but when, when is, when it is your taste, it's like, oh, I'm going to grab that and I'm going to hold on and, to it, and, man, because there's not that many people that and do it. Can I say that in the rap song, he'll tell somebody with a smile that they're going to hell. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's, I love it. I love it because that's my style of preaching. Yeah. So I yeah. saw my style of preaching 
in a song and i'm like bro he's just he's just very articulated yes. with it and yeah. then and then you have a lot of artistry with the rap thing you know it's yeah. like you've done it for a while you can yeah. tell i like the flow and so let's change the temperature up a little talk, bit well, i'm gonna talk one more thing yeah, about the christian rap industry yeah, because yeah. i had a christian rap studio for five years and i and i promoted an artist and we were doing tours around state of florida kind of similar to what you do we just kind of hop around the churches that would invite us or whatever we'd come yeah. and go before so um i guess a bit convert controversy when he was like like christian rappers really popping on the scene was like people define themselves as christian rappers or a rapper that's christian how would you define yourself in those two categories and, and there is this it seems like there was a distinction between the two yeah well i am a christian first Got and it. and i rap for jesus that's it. <laughs> yeah. So that's why. So my music is to glorify God. It's not, yes. I'm not, it's not like this is my career or my thing. And this is my identity in Christ. I, without Christ, my rap is rubbish anyways. Amen. So in yeah. the world too, you know, when, when we'd have the rap battles, we'd come in and have, yeah. I had a worldly studio before I, I had a Christian studio. So the worldly studio was really like we'd go to Hollywood and we we'd go battle other studios over there and rap battles or whatever. But then in the Christian scene, what we noticed is there wasn't rap battles, but there was competition still. Yeah, there was the um, not the will to to promote each other. You know, like there wasn't any like I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna sell my shirt, I'm gonna sell my CD before I'm I'm gonna promote yours or promoting your merchandise. So yeah. did you ever witness that or experience that within the Christian um, industry? I I what I did experience was a lot of pressure mm. in that and I was like I don't even want to sell shirts at the show. I don't want <laughs> I don't even want to sell yeah. CDs. Yeah. What do you mean like, by pressure? I don't pressure? even want to rap. What do you mean by Honestly, pressure? Though? Like just the pressure of the like like what you say how they make it like at certain places you can feel like the competition like uh, yeah. okay. and it's like you know yeah. what and then, and then I have to, and then I have to be honest, mm. right? I have a flesh. Yes. Right. And, and, and those, and the enemy can start to try to, and I just don't want, I don't want to give him no foot ground. Yes. Like I'm at the place where it's like, I don't even want to rap because mm. I could care. The only reason, if I'm going to rap, it's because God wants me to rap. Yeah. Like mm. I would rather preach the gospel. Yeah. I'd rather just preach to you. I'd rather, uh, just, uh, discipleship. Spending life and, and spending time together and doing things together. Oh, rap, rap is just a vehicle it's, for you to get yeah, to that Yeah, so place. that's what it is to me. It's just to get me into yep. that place. Yeah. Because honestly, like, I could go somewhere and, be like, and I'm like, I don't have to rap. Hmm. Yep. If you don't, I mean, I'm not here to, to rap. I mean, Correct. And uh, because I, I have to acknowledge, and then I had to start seeing, because I, I still get these wants Right. Like, oh, this would be nice. Like this idea. Oh, this would be nice if I yes. if it if it was able to provide enough where I didn't have to work anymore. But but not my will, your will be done. Amen. Lord. Because if I'm not working anymore and I work in recovery, then who am I helping then? Yes. Right. So I'm grateful to be where I'm at. And I have to remember that God will keep me humble. And God, and if and if pride creeps in, He knows how to humiliate us and make us <laughs> humble again. Oh yeah! <laughs> and I'm grateful for that because I don't want to walk around blinded by pride. And and I see, mm -hmm. and the competition is like, so I've seen that, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, I think a lot of rappers go in without going through that process that I've went through. Yes, of taking that rap and putting it in on the altar, like Isaac. Right. That's key. And saying, God, 
I don't care about rap no more. Yes. So have you ever been approached by any labels wanting to sign you from all your music? Oh, let me, you know, I, a lot of times you get a lot of producers. Oh, yeah, I got this fire B for you. And then it's kind of just yeah, I hear lip that service yeah, yeah, and they yeah. don't really go through. So any, I, any scenarios they ran into like that? Yeah, I've had a few where uh, people want to. I got some. Oh, I'm a talent agent. And oh, I could do this and I could do that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, look, God going to do what God going to do. Then I'll get like the little request on Instagram and stuff. We, oh, your music is so good. We can make it real big. Why ain't it? I'm like, then do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do yeah. it then. Yeah. Do it. Do whatever God, <laughs> gifts God gave you. Use it if that's what's on your heart. And they're like, yeah, yeah but it's going to cost you money. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to let God keep promoting it. That's then. it. Right. Because, Cash you know, I don't want to get caught. Yeah. I can get caught up in that and I have yeah. to guard my heart. And yeah, because, because I'm still, uh, I'm still a human and, and and I'm not uh I'm not beyond falling, right? So right. cuz the moment right. I start thinking that then I think that I'm untouchable in the and and I know how God does that. And then last question, yeah. where's your end goal as far as Christian rap? Obviously, you know, example, you got old man over here just turned 51 today. <laughs> yeah. He's still rapping. Do you see yeah. yourself at 51 still rapping? In other words, where's your end goal? Like where where do you see you want to be with it? Are you content with where you're at? Like, in other words, you know, is there a peak? Is there a mountain that you want to climb within the industry? I think I'm already just, done. You're, you're already done. <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know. I don't know okay. what God has. Okay. Um, I really I started laughing. I'm like, God, you want to send me over here and over here, and I'm 40 year old's rap. And and then I hear those little <laughs> yeah. comments on, and then I and then I see the little comments that they put on the thing. They're like, yo. When did John Cena come out of uh, retirement? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tell NF's dad to get down from there. Hater, you know, drinking hater. So I'm like, man, all these, all these comments that they know I'm old. Well, but but like, but it's, for example, like yeah. they call the rap game as as a young people's game. Yeah, but I don't agree with that. But because, here's because I, I just want to finish this before I lose that. Go right? for it. Yeah, my end goal is the same thing that so. I want to make songs that whenever God knows what he's doing, God could do anything, right? Yeah. I want to make songs, even if this is it and the songs are made, I want to make sure that the songs that are made, that God can uh, allow people to hear these songs and mm. use them yeah. to change within their heart, to, yeah. to, to, to convict them and to draw them and to make them draw closer to him. If I can mm. make one song, just one song that will reach one person that will make them draw closer to God then my mission is is satisfied I'm satisfied Amen. right and and that's and that's already ha- and that's my reward out of it like like there's this one lady uh I was just at the other treatment and she's like I listen to your music and it gave me and it and it inspires me and it and it did this and it convicted me here and I'm like thank you God yeah thank you God for that's using God. me and and that's what it's all about to me. So, I was I was listening God. to a song today. Uh, I was listening to Cruz, um, the Destination mm-hmm. album, yeah. and I haven't heard it in a while. And uh, because it's not on a on a platform the streaming, yeah. Yeah. I have it downloaded in in the phone. Mm-hmm. So I have to open each song, and then it finishes, and then it's I have the to open thing. the other yeah. song. Yeah, but thing. I was listening to it, and it, yeah. it, that's what happened to mm-hmm. me. You know, like I haven't listened to it in a while, and then as I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going through right now. I'm going through these hard times. And then he's saying, man, God is with me and this and that. And when you listen to music, there's this connection of 
like you artists have the opportunity to touch people's souls mm. in a way yeah. that is totally different yeah. than a conversation because mm. it's through art, but that art speaks. And when it speaks, it speaks to your soul. And a lot of times it speaks to your feelings or to the, to the moment where you're at. And because of the words that you say in the song, it, it helps you paint a picture probably of what you are going through or where you want to be at. Yeah. And that is so huge, yeah. man. You know, so, so yeah. I think art is not about if you're old or young yeah. or if you're done or not, yeah, it's art, yeah. dude. And if you know Absolutely. how to paint, you, you don't, don't you don't painting, stop bro. painting when you, when you're <laughs> old and, oh, you yeah. know, I'm old, so I'm not going to paint. Yeah. No, bro. Like yeah. if you, if you do art, you do art whether you're 80 or whether you're 20, you know, because that art connects with people and, and touches people's hearts. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I wanted to switch the channel up a little bit. We yeah. want to go in now, scuba dive, just get it in a little deeper. We want to zoom into your life. This podcast is called Deep in Your Business. Yeah. We want to get in deep, man. So um, Alvaro right now is going through a divorce. I'm sure you know that. And I know that you were married and now you're split up with your wife, right? Separated. Separated. Yeah. How is that? How long have you been separated? I want people that are listening, man, to really be encouraged. You're a true man of God. Yeah, we've we've been separated like uh almost two years. But it's almost been three. It, there was a year of basically being separated. Got it. And then like, and then for two years, it's like we met with the pastor and was like, look, and and it's like, if you pursue God and you pursue God, God brings reconciliation. Yes. But you're going to be tempted and you're going to be tempted. And yes. he said, Sarah, follow God. Don't fall for the lies of the enemy. Bo, mm -hmm. follow God and don't fall for the lies of the enemy. And if you both pursue God, then he'll bring reconciliation. And it's just been difficult. It's uh, It's been a rough marriage. Uh, I'm not perfect. I did the best. I've done, the, I've, I mean, because I look at Christ, you know, I see Christ. I can look, if I don't look at Christ and I look at other men and other relationships and things, I could be like, Man, I'm really good. I'm great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And man, I, I did. You should be lucky you had me and all these kinds of things, right? And that's how the enemy tries to yes, get me. Yes, yes, yes. But then Christ goes, What did I do? Wow. And then Christ always does. He's like, How long did I wait for you? And I go, oh. yeah. And I want to leave. Like, I'm done. I'm yes. getting to the point where I'm fed up yep. and I'm done. Yep. And then, like, I have people like, Why ain't you leave yet? And I'm like, Cause God hasn't let me, mm. you know, and I thank yeah. God for my godly counsel and my pastors that are like, look, yeah, that's we could find scripture that that can support you leaving and, and and divorcing, and we can find scripture that supports you to stay. So yeah. the thing is, Bo, is we can't tell you what to do. Wow. You got to seek God's face mm. and do what He tells you to do. Wow. So yeah. like, mm. go God. Yeah. I, 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 totally, I, I totally understand what you're saying because I feel the same way. I feel like, man, I'm done with this and I just want to move on and this and that and, and this is what I want. And then all of a sudden he's like, are you going to do what you want? Or mm. Are you going to do what I want? Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, whatever you say goes, but I want this. And he's like, nope, it's not that. So it's hard, man, yeah. because... The definition of what the church calls a good 
marriage or or you being able to preach the gospel, your house has to be in order and this and that. When those situations don't happen in your life, yes. you get so confused and you get so yeah. out of place. Especially when you when you're when you're trying to fix things up and they don't get fixed. Yeah. It's like it's like no, it is supposed to be like this. Yeah. And you're like, man, but this is contrary to what everybody says, to what yeah. the Bible says, or to what the preacher said. And yeah, I want you to go through it. Hmm. And you just go, okay, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But whatever you say goes. Amen. And you guys Wait, have a daughter, so, right? Yeah. No, we don't have a daughter. I have two daughters with two different women. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I'm sorry. You were going to say something. I was going to say, uh, the good news is I'm not a pastor. And I'm not a deacon. I'm an evangelist, so I can keep preaching the gospel, and there's no there's no set of rules for that. Got it. My house doesn't, that doesn't apply to me. Okay. Because I'm not a deacon, I'm not an elder, and I'm not a pastor. I'm just an evangelist, and I'm just trying to serve the Lord the best that I can. And I've, I've faced, I know exactly what you're saying, because I'm like, man, my house is so... And then I look at pastors and I see like, man, yes. they, yeah, their yeah. houses are so in order. And, it's like, and then I'm like, God, yeah. is it, yeah. what did I do? Yes. And and I can't go back and change time. Yeah. And I also know that even every sparrow that falls to the ground, he's mindful of it. Yeah. And he's mindful of everything that's going on. So, and, and here's the beauty of it. Like we I love Matthew chapter one, the genealogy because of the names that it lists. And it just shows all these people that were in the, in the lineage of Jesus Christ yeah. Yeah. and all these people like <laughs> Perez, who's some of Perez, them, some who, of them, the horrible yeah. things. Well, though. well, Judah, yeah. Perez, Judah's withholding his, his uh, daughter, his son from his daughter-in-law. And then, yep. She dresses like a prostitute, sleeps with him, and then you got that, and then you got mm. Ruth, who comes from, you know, uh, Lot's daughters got him drunk and slept with him, and that's Moabites who are incest, and it's like, <laughs> and then you got the son of David kills this, kills this, has adultery and kills the, the kills Bathsheba's husband, and then yeah. that child mm. that comes from that marriage is in that lineage, and it's like. I made, and, and I don't have time to sit here and go, well, I, what if I made this mistake? And, nah, what is done is done, Lord. Where do yes. I move from now? Because Amen. there ain't nothing. If you have a purpose and a plan, and you say that everything will work to its That's intended it. purpose, even the wicked for their day of destruction, mm -hmm. and all things work together for the good of those who trust and love the Lord, and Lord, I trust you. And then Amen. my peace comes in. And th that's that's the hard part. The hard part is to trust yeah. the process, to trust the trust unknown, and obey. Well, no, no, <laughs> yeah. like, 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 yeah, trust it, and it, obey. It goes, it goes hand, 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 hand in hand. But the trust part, at least yeah. for me, is being hard because I, I, I'm in a place where I've never been before. Like I never thought I was gonna be here. I never thought I was gonna experience this. So it caught me like by surprise and i'm so out of place but that i say okay what am i doing wrong what did i do wrong what so is this whole figuring out things and it's like you won't you won't yeah. be able to figure it out trust me yeah trust me and i'm like okay and then the next day it's like no oh, oh. and then the yeah. next day it's like okay yeah. uh, and then 10 days later it's like okay i'll trust you and then as the process goes you know as, as i go along the process it's painful, 
is hurtful, but I end up trusting and I end up yeah. getting it and I end up. So there's these lessons that you only learn through pain. Yeah. And, uh, and what you were saying, you know, you're, you're doing drugs, you're doing all these different things. You experience a lot of pain. How do you get to, to marry her, you know, and then when you marry her, did you know Christ or you married, were you married, you didn't know Christ and then you, you know Christ and then you change. Explain, explain to me like how, how, how did that happen with your wife? No, we met at Calvary. Okay. So. Well, she came through JC's and then she had relapsed and went off to another program. And then months later, I seen her at Calvary and said hi to her. And, and then we just started talking and then, and then we, uh, and I was already two years out of relationships. Like I stayed far from them because I already had two children with two different women. And God was showing me that my children are the ones that suffer mm. because of my selfish decisions that I've made going, well, we love each other and God understands that. And, oh, well, we, <laughs> we're going to get married. And so that's mm. marriage and God and, and just and then who suffers my children, my children, because now they're growing up in broken homes. Yeah. Because I went and did what God uh, says not to do because I thought I knew better. Yeah. And so anyways, I stayed out of relationships. I was like, I had to be honest with myself. I'm like, bro, you you fall in love easy. You, you're you weak in, in your flesh. And right now you need to focus on your relationship with God and not another woman. Because ain't no woman going to save me. And so I got into that relationship two years sober. I was staying out of relationships and... And uh, and it's just been rough. She had relapsed, and and we had we had premarital, and that there was a deal. There was deal. We made deals and understandings before we got married. And okay. she refused to get the help, so that made it more stressful, and and didn't stick to it. And I still love her, yeah. and I and I'm and I forgive her. I just don't trust her. Right. And there's things that need to be done to earn that trust. And if, and yeah. if you're not willing, reconciliation takes work from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not willing to, so I'm just waiting, like, like, think about it. We have, there's times where I'm like, Oh, I could be in that captivity of comparison. Mm. We're all different. And God has a purpose and a plan for all of our lives and all of our crosses look different. So yeah. my cross to bear is different than the cross you have to bear. Right. So all I know is when I read Hosea, it's like, so did God have a, a picket fence and a two-story house for him and two cars in the garage and a boat? <laughs> right, right, right. This life is so short and temporary if we look at it through the lens of eternity. And and it's all about trusting God, even when things are falling apart, yes. like yeah. Job, even when things don't make no sense. Is yeah. God still faithful? Yeah. And yeah. I have to say, absolutely. Well, I have, and not just that, but... Mm. Is God still God when you're not having what you want out of him? Right. Because that's huge. Because like, he's not a genie. No, no. And, and well, the genie part, everybody yeah. understands it. Yeah. But but there's a subtle thing, there's a very subtle thing that we don't realize. Yeah. Which is, hey, I give my life to to Christ. I start changing, but everything's still good. I still have a job, I still have this, I still have that. And then when all of that goes out of the window, it's like, God, what do you mean? Like, yeah. you know, like that was supposed to be there for us to be okay. And he yeah. goes, so, oh, so we're not okay. Hmm. And then you got to go like, oh, dude, why, what do I actually value God for? Because yeah. he keeps me good. And if he keeps me happy, we're friends. 
Yeah. But when he, he doesn't keep me happy, we're not friends. Yeah. Yeah. And and mm. it, it, it goes way deeper and it goes into a lot more detail when you start getting maturity in your relationship with God. Yeah, that's yeah. key. Maturity. Maturity. Like, so how, just real quick. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you said, this is your podcast, everything is great, right? Everything is good. God, man, I got sober. You're helping me out. I got a job now. I got this. And I, there was times where I felt guilty because I felt like I had no problems in life. Like everything was so easy. And, and, uh, but the thing is, is a faith that is not tested can't be trusted. Mm, yeah. I can say with my mouth, yeah. but in the time of testing, it's going to prove true through the fire. Yes. The impurity is going to come out yeah. through the fire. It's going to show what was really there. Was that fool's gold? Or was that real gold? Yeah. So when David was running from it, God said, I'm going to make you king. Yeah. And he spent his time running from this guy trying to murder him, right? So I just, it's difficult. And, and a lot of the times when I just have to reflect back and I, and I thank God for his word because he says that all these things happened to show us and give us examples what not to do and also to understand yeah. how God works. So I'm I'm blessed. Like the difficulty of this is nothing. I got brothers in third world countries who are getting their heads yeah. blown yeah. off yeah. because they believe in Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my marriage is in shambles. <laughs> and it's like, really? And I and that's just, it's the posture of my heart. And I know God, I'm grateful for my hardships. I'm grateful for my difficulties because they keep me needy and they keep me aware of my my desperate need for him. And also he just comforts me because in the middle of because before I needed drugs and alcohol to comfort me in the difficulties of life and I wasn't living right. And now I'm trying to do the best I can to live right and honor God. And in those difficulties, I still find comfort and he is my comforter. And, and Amen. without that, I wouldn't know that. Well, you said, yeah. you said, uh, faith being tested. Yeah. But, uh, when you preach, a lot of times you preach from 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 knowledge. You read you read the Bible, you get the word, and you go, "Oh, I understand this concept," yeah. you know. But when you live through it, mm, yeah. you speak from experience, and right. that truth comes with your testimony. Wisdom. Yeah. It's very different when you preach like yeah. that. I'm not a preacher, yeah. But every time that I've had the opportunity to to either do a Bible study or to preach at a church or whatever, whenever, whenever I have had the opportunity to talk to people, um, it's been always battle tested. Mm. So I always have to go through yep. what he's going to allow me to talk about. Mm. And I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but uh, the experience that I, that I've had with all of this, it's been unique it's been, uh, I just think that it's going to relate to a lot of people that I have never been able to, to be relatable yeah. to. And, uh, and I don't know when it's going to be over my whole trial and whatever, but when it is, the testimony is going to be Amen. insane. Because, glory. Yeah, because, yeah, because going through all of this, that battle tested faith and that refined as gold faith uh, speaks yeah. to the heart of somebody that's going through it and has no hope and has no yeah. no no value. I have a direct question for you. Yeah, um, it's more open ended. I just really want to know what you feel in times of 
desperation because you're a good-looking guy. I'm sure the temptation is out there. I'm sure we know the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. For me, when I went through my divorce and 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 my ex-wife took my kids, I was just I was crying in the bed. And I'm like, God, I mean, all I do is serve you. Like, why? Why? And he says, do you still love me? Mm. Those were my moments of brokenness, to come home from work, hanging out with the guys. And when I come to a quiet house. <laughs> That's the worst, dude. Daddy! When you're by yourself. I'm used to that. I mean, yeah. now when I come home, Genesis, you know, yeah. daddy, I look forward. I, I mean, I, I get on my grind. I work hard just to come home, provide for my family. So there's times where no one would know I'll be in my house all alone broken crying crying like i'm gonna die crying like i can't breathe i'm looking at the door i'm getting yeah. tunnel vision i'm gonna die i've yeah. had moments like that mm. take us through moments maybe you haven't yes yeah, so, well so i had so five years sober right uh i didn't even have one thought of using like it wasn't even a thought and after five years sober and then being with my wife and then her relapsing and then with drugs, there's lying, there's stealing. And then things are being stolen. There's lies. There's hiding the phone. And then and then I bring it to the attention and then the running and she left. And it was midnight. And I had to be up at, and I'm working two jobs. Mm. And I got to double the next day. I got to go hang on buildings and clean windows and then go deal with other people's behaviors and try to keep all these guys in line and try to lead them in the right direction and stuff like mm. that. And and I'm I'm being worn out because I'm doing all this to provide. And then in my face, I'm like, and then and then I bring it up, and then she left. And I'm like, where are you going? Who are you staying with? Mm. And then the, just the thoughts of the unfaithfulness and the betrayal. And I was sitting there, <sighs> the and worst. I was laying in my bed, yeah. and it felt like my like someone was grabbing my heart and crushing it. Yeah. And then there was a pit in my stomach and I was like in a fetal position on my bed. Just like, Oh, that thing in your stomach. Yeah. Is horrible. That's it was just like your whole world feeling, just bro. falls apart. Like everything yes. just falls apart. Oh, yes. It was straight gloom. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wow. cause all I can think is that she's with some other guy right now. Yes. And the betrayal of it and everything mm. and it's just all the hope I had for our marriage and everything's just being shattered. I was hopeless. Mm. And I and that's when the enemy was, he sat there for five years, didn't say a word about drugs and then wanted to talk about, you can get high now. Mm. Listen, look at what you're going through. Everybody will understand. Everybody will understand that you used and, over and this. It, and it makes sense. This is your it chance. Makes sense to you your got mind. money saved up. You got health insurance. You can go get high with a lot of drugs and these feelings will go away. And then you have health insurance and you can go on a, you can go into a nice detox in some other state on a vacation <laughs> wow. and you could go Man. there for three months and you won't have to work doubles no more. And everybody will understand and they'll all, they'll all just tend to your brokenness. And, and that's where my mind was going. And the whole, I was, the whole I was literally, this was what he was talking. Hmm. But he was speak. The enemy was speaking to me in my voice. Yes, as if he, as, yeah, as, as if, if it was me. Yes. he was yeah. convincing me. Yeah, as because he was sounding just like me. Yes, and I was so, and I was, I was, I was all in. Hmm. And then God spoke hmm. through all of the clutter, through all of the pain. Hmm. I heard that still small whisper, and He called me by name. 
<laughs> I notice that every time I'm in the difficult situations when God speaks to me, he always goes, Bo. That's what I always hear first. Mm. Bo. You think this is painful? Mm. You go and use it and you're going to remember what real pain is. And I was like, oh, Lord, help. (laughs) Help. And then he goes, Bo, you can't fix your marriage. But I can. Do you trust me? Mm. And all of that weight and everything that was holding me down, I cried out and like, Lord, I trust you. You've taken away crack and heroin addiction. I trust you. I think I think that's for me that was the hardest part because taking away the crack addiction? No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. The, the, the hardest part the was heroin. To, was the to heroin. say was to say I trust you when I know that a long time has to pass in order yeah. for things to yes. get to that place. Yes. Because I wanted I wanted things in X amount of time and then uh he his time is very different than mine. And then when he says, do you trust me? It's like, okay, yeah, I'll trust you for about two weeks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like in two weeks, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. And uh, and that's the hardest part. You know, the hardest part is to say, I trust you no matter what. And then when when I say that, I hear, I, I hear a preacher, um, his name is Dan Muller, and uh, his preaching is amazing, though. And then he spoke about his trials with his wife. And I've never heard him talking about his personal stuff. And then he said, oh, you know, me and my wife had issues for like eight years. But uh, love never fails. And, you know, God, God's love is eternal. And, this, and he starts saying all this stuff. And I'm like, eight years? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be like this eight years years yeah and then i heard somebody else saying no i went through 10 years and i went through and i'm like what (laughs) like no bro do you trust me and i'm like uh i don't know like i don't want to trust you for (laughs) eight years and and then and then you feel that Mm. attachment to that thing and you feel that man that thing in your stomach bro and then it's like like man my kids and 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 all I want is to go back to the way things were before. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, that's gone. Hmm. That is gone. And But I'm here. And do you want what I have for you mm. instead of what you had before? And you have to jump in yeah. that trust, not knowing for how long or whatever. Hmm. But uh, it's, 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 it's that place where you yeah. get, I can't do it. Well, because that, that pain is us holding on to something that's being ripped out of our hands. Yep. So it's being torn. Yep. And that's the pain. And, and the peace comes in when we let go and trust that God does have something better. Yeah. And it, and though, but though, the pain doesn't go away. No, but there's a comforter in the pain. Yep, definitely. Yes. And that's the, that's the thing about it is like, also with mine, you got to understand we, we live together with her active addiction. So, for almost uh almost a year and a half so it it was just insanity and then i'm losing my mind i found her overdosed in the living room i had to narcan her and if i didn't get up i heard like a clunk in the living room sound like she sat the table down and i'm like in the bedroom like why is she making noise and then i hear a voice tell me go check Hmm. 
And I go out there. She's she's overdosed. Oh. I had a Narcan or get the oh. ambulance. She was found overdosed at a in a public gas station. And then I had to ride up there because her car got towed and everything. And like I'm leaving work early, using all my time off to come and check on her every few minutes. I'm calling her all the time. And then she's calling me talking about I'm about to do a shot, so I need you to stay on the phone. Oh. To, and it's like the insanity oh, of it. Yeah. And I was like. I cannot live like this anymore. Yeah. Wow. And because I was, I didn't want her to die. And I felt like her, she was my responsibility to yeah. save because mm. she's my wife. Yes. But also I'm not savior. That's it. Yeah. And I went like this one day. I was just like, God, she's either going to die or get sober. Mm. And that's out of my control. Yeah. And whether, whatever happens, I trust you. I don't know what you have planned, God. But even if it's not what I want it to be, I want it to be what you want it to be because I know that what you want, I trust and I believe that what you want is better than what I want because my whole life I did what I want and it left me but nothing but empty and broken. <laughs> yes. But the moment that I started to surrender and live according to your wants, my life is full. Amen. So I trust you. And that's where my peace is, is just trusting God in the difficulties and in the hardships and finding my peace in him. My peace is in him. It's not in my circumstances. It's not in my job, my finances. My peace is in Christ. Amen. So what do you do now? Like, I keep hearing that you... Clean windows and what else do you do? No, now? I, well, I don't clean windows anymore. Okay, I'm uh, I'm I'm just working uh, full time at okay. the treatment center. So now oh wow, I, yeah. Now wow. I was working the sober living for a while. Now I'm at the treatment center dealing with the okay the people as they come right in at a detox and oh, wow. just like uh, dispensing meds and and well well supervising meds. And, and what okay. is the job about? Tell me tell me what's a, a day. In a your behavioral life. health tech. So I wake up and I get them up and make sure that they take their meds and then I transport them to the clinical where they do their groups. Sometimes I'll do a group session where we ask uh, where you're at and how you're feeling and stuff like that and drug testing them and just dealing with like really like just trying to minister to them and pour into them in the right direction because they're like I'm like yesterday like yesterday I got in the van and they had this little bluetooth bumping some crazy rap that was talking some crazy stuff and I yeah. and I felt like righteous anger coming out and I just right when I jumped into the van and I heard it yeah. I had K-Love on and I blasted it to the top and I go y'all ain't finna poison me with that stuff yeah. he's like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I was like yeah just don't man you gotta be careful what you put in your mind like the dude's apologizing Because I got a good relationship with them, man. I, I treat them like I, I that's me. Well, you, for you, the you, grace of God, you know, there go I. Exactly. At you any know. moment, and this is what I know is at any moment, I bow can use and get high. Yeah. But it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. So I no longer want to live and rule my life. I'm dependent upon God. The only reason I'm sober today is because God keeps me sober. Because I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that when the, when the enemy lies to me and tells me that drinking or drugging is a great idea, my flesh is like, yeah, that stuff will feel good. I hear the voice of God go, Bo. And he brings clarity. He speaks clarity. That's what sanity is, is making a decision based upon truth and who and what is truth. Jesus Christ. It's, it's so it's so funny like how what you say is, is, is so similar to what I went through, which is... You know, um, from one day to the next one is what you were saying. Hey, I have a house, 
with three kids and a wife. And then the next day, the next day, I'm in a house by myself. Yeah. Mm. And and the thinking is like, oh, kill yourself. And like, you know, oh, if you die, it's better. You know, they get the insurance and, you know, they'll have money. And, and it makes sense. Mm. It makes total sense. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And then it's like that, that still voice is like, hey. <laughs> yes. Why would you do that with a life that is not yours mm. why would you steal mm. from me and i'm like oh. mm. <laughs> wait a second i know that voice and this one yes. i don't yeah and then you have to mm. make a decision yes. you mm. have to make a decision in that moment yeah. who do you listen to who do you follow and who do you obey mm. and it's like that every day the every one day. you trust yeah yeah and that's what that's that's why trust is such a big issue because relationships are based on trust and that's yep. what yes. that's what separated even the garden she believed she didn't trust god she was she, is god really did he really say that let me can, doubt can, him can you trust him that's trust, that's the yeah, whole basically is, can you trust what he said he can't be trusted he knows if you eat that then you'll be like him you won't need him i right. know better then than you him. can be then you can make your own decisions yeah. lord take that curse back i don't want to make my own decisions <laughs> yeah. yeah but but it's yeah to have that relationship with him is the best thing right so to be able to hear that still small whisper and know that god is so faithful that we can trust him Amen. didn't you didn't you have like times where it was like super weird for example i'm gonna put an example yeah. i don't know if you had any of this like um i would wake up on a sunday and then i would hear i'll hear the voice like like oh let's go for a walk and i'm like i don't want to walk i want to read the bible and i want to like you know hear a preaching let's go for a walk i'm like okay let's go for a walk Let's go to the beach. And I'm like, I'm not a beach guy. And then all of a sudden I'm in the beach and he's talking to me like nonstop. But he never talked about the issue. He never talked about the problem. He never, mm. he talked about other things. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, I need to get this done. And he's like, no, let's talk about birds and let's talk about this. And I'm like, what birds? What? What? And then when I would calm down and I would get into the birds, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> it was just like, like, oh man, like you're my father and, and you're fathering me and, mm. and I'm your kid and, and I feel like a five-year-old and, and it was just awesome, dude. Mm -hmm. But it was weird because my focus was, I need to fix this. I need direction in this. I need your input in this. And he was like, no, I'm going to put my input in some other things. Yeah. that are more important to me right. than what is important to you. Have you ever had that in the process? Uh, yeah, he knows how to, he knows because he's renewing our mind, right? So we're all different. Our our brains have been patterned and in, in, uh, conditioned all differently, but like all broken, right? And he knows how to rewire it and fix it. And yeah, he's, I remember I was driving and he's like, turn around. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the way. I got I to go to this. I'm going to the property right now. We got. I'm on the way there. I got to go set up for, I think it was like Thanksgiving. We're doing some food stuff. Right. He's like, no, you seen that guy you passed by? Turn around. And I'm, like, I'm like, I ain't got no time for this. Whatever, Lord. All right, I turn around. Yeah. And this guy's just standing out. He's standing out in the front. Of, I thought it was his house. And I pull up and I'm like, you all right? 
He's like, no, nah, man, not really. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I'm just trying to get to my family's house for Thanksgiving. And uh, so-and-so didn't show it. It was just this whole thing. And I'm like, you want a ride? Mm. Gave him a ride. Prayed for him. He said he was struggling and 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 he was struggling with God and, and this and that. And I was like, well, God, I go, I want to tell you, brother, I didn't want to come here, but God <laughs> sent me here. So, because yeah. he wants you to know that he hears you and, yeah. and he's real and he's that mindful he's got of you. Yeah. So, whatever you're Amen. going through, he got you. So, I just, and I never seen that guy again. So, Amen. but it's certain things like that. And, yes. and he knows how to father us, you know. And a lot of the times, uh, I really uh, just need to learn to be still. Cause I, I get caught and that's where he's works at with me. He still does sometimes. Like yesterday I found myself grumbling hmm. and then he convicted me of it. Right. I'm like, I got this, <laughs> I live in America. I got an apartment. I got a car. I got my kids. They're in my life. Yeah. Not everything is perfect to, to yeah. society and, 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 but you have a lot of good. Standards. You have a lot of good yeah, in I'm, your life. I got a lot of blessings yeah. in my life. I'm yes. very blessed because yeah. ten yeah. years ago I was homeless, addicted to crack, cocaine, and heroin, running around robbing and stealing. Yeah, and looking yeah. at ten years in prison because of the charges I caught, and yet for the past ten years I didn't spend them in prison. I spent them sober serving the Lord, and I'm Amen. grateful for that. Amen. Yeah, it was so crazy got, when you, when you the, first told me that story of the crack and stuff. Yeah. Because I remember we met, we met in a Bible study. Yeah. So, you know, I'm seeing him like, oh, you know, he's a handsome guy. He's like big and stuff. And I'm like, you were a crackhead? Like, <laughs> what do you what do you mean? Because yeah. you know, like if I see you today, yeah, I don't see you like that. Yeah. But we saw him with long hair and like yeah. and like all rico suave, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. there's a picture, there's a picture in the internet, don't look for it, where he is, where he's with long hair and a totally different look. And then we were looking at it, bro, and and we we're like, man, how come God can change you from what you were saying yeah. to who Amen. you are today yeah. and keep you there, dude? It's yeah. like it's remarkable, man. Yeah, yeah, and it's really, it's really all it is is like I, I did the uh, message last night at the Lighthouse Recovery, and it's always the same. It's like my whole point of the message was like, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I didn't, I'm not, I don't want you here. I'm not giving you a message to make you think that you got this, <laughs> that that you're gonna get this. I want you to understand that you can't, Amen. but God can. Yes, and it's a relationship with Him and being dependent upon Him. So that he continues to do it. And, and that was just what it was. I came to the place where I didn't want to live no more. My, the, the, the consequences from all of my bad decisions in life were so piled high that my life was so unmanageable and I didn't have my kids and I was such a deadbeat father and I couldn't repair it. I just, I didn't want to live. Every time I would even get, once I got sober and started thinking about what I made of my life, I either wanted to get high or die because I didn't want to think about it. Yeah. And then God said, you don't want your life? Good. Give it to me. Give it to me, and I'm going to give you a new one. Amen. And this one, you're going to live for me, not you. Amen. And that's what Amen. he does. Yeah. Brother Bo, I wanted to say, because we went 42 minutes overtime. I know yeah, you have a, a, a double shift. Yeah. And I want to respect your time. Mike, in closing, do you have any questions? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the last podcast, I kind of asked the same question. You know, for those that might be listening to this podcast, what what kind of hope can you offer them? What can you offer them in 
in regards to like a face-to-face, like a, you know, what would be that message that you, you can deliver to the people that be listening to it right now? There's nothing that God can't do. And God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. He loves us. It says that God so loved the world. And it says that he wished that none perish. So no matter how far down the road you've been or no matter what you got going on in your life, how unmanageable it may seem or how many flaws and, and character defects and sins that may be there, there's God, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. That doesn't mean that, oh, now I could just go live the way I want. But just bring that to God that there's no, you can't fall too far that God can't pick you up. And and there's no problem in your life that God can't fix. And if you are seeking him and it just seems difficult and you're like in that place where you're like, God, where are you? He's there. He's there. Trust me. And uh, all you have to do is trust him and lean on his word. It's my God is not a feeling, (laughs) right? My God is a person and his word is faithful and true. And he is faithful and he is true, right? Yeah. So his word comforts me. It was I got to a place where I was I wasn't feeling God for a long time because I got I was chasing those those goosebumps. <laughs> and and I was like, where is it? Where is it? And I started thinking things were wrong and this and that and this and that. And I remember my pastor was like, Bo, you spent your whole life as a drug addict chasing feelings. <laughs> and right when he said that, the Holy Spirit just brought the word of God to me that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And in that moment, his peace just fell upon me. And it wasn't a feeling. It was just straight, raw peace that that was consumed because of trust that knowing that God is with me, whether I feel him or, or not. not. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Praise God. Man, we're going to have to bring him back in because... I don't think an hour and a half was enough. I, I, to, I told you he was he was an interesting character. Yeah. <laughs> this was like for me it was just warm up, man. Yeah. So so for the yeah, listeners, you know, again. it's you know I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> brother Bo has a, a double shift, but I'm praying that you know we'll bring him in, bring him in soon, and and so you guys can be blessed by him. But thank you for tuning in and listening to Deep in Your Business. Next week, you don't want to miss it. We're bringing in a brother by the name of Trey. He had a freak accident, man, but God showed up. He wrote Mm. a book, and, man, we want you to hear his story, man. You're still going to see the physical deformities, but you're going to see Jesus all in it. God bless you. Testimony.